you gotta have fun. I mean, if you're not having fun, then that you're missing a huge part of life right there. Yeah. You know, this right here to me, like this is fun. Like to mm. me, this is this is actually what we're doing right yeah. now is, is is fun. Hello, everybody. So I have a guest on the show today. So get excited because he's a self-development expert who believes in striving to live a life of excellence, which is the number one badass fabulous principle. And he's a husband, father, speaker, writer, and podcaster. But before I continue, I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Verb Energy. So you might not know this about me, but I'm a coffee lover and also a huge coffee snob. And I also love snacks, but I'm very picky about my snacks. I have a morning cup of coffee and there are some days where I feel that afternoon slump, especially when I'm busy. Usually, I'll do a quick energy tune-up, but my second option now is to have a verb energy bar. Also, as opposed to other people where they get a lot of energy as soon as they work out, I actually feel a dip in my energy after my workouts, and then maybe I feel the energy an hour or two hours later. So I take the verb energy bar, and they have been perfect after an afternoon workout. These bars are made with organic green tea to provide long-lasting energy without the coffee jitters. So it's energizing and very yummy. They're also gluten-free and vegan with so many awesome flavors. And my current favorites at the moment are the cookie butter, ginger snaps, and the strawberry rose hibiscus. They're so yummy, you guys. If you'd like to give it a try, which I recommend you do, I have a link in the show notes where you can order to get a full pack of your choice with four additional flavors. So back to my guest, this conversation was actually recorded a few months ago, but it's so timely because As we're coming to the end of the year, we talked a lot about goal setting and living a meaningful life, which is perfect because 2021 is here and it's best to set up goals for the new year before the new year actually starts to make it a successful one. So take a nice deep breath, grab your water, coffee or tea. And let's join in the conversation. Badassery is a daily practice of self-truth. You don't become badass instantly. You become badass by becoming a person of excellence, which is by having integrity, sticking to your commitments, and being consistent in your actions. Hi, I'm your host, Paige, and welcome to the Badass Fabulous Podcast. 
podcast where badass stands for the clarity of your goals and gaining the courage to go after them and fabulous stands for your state of being after accomplishing those goals because life is a never-ending journey of self-growth on the badass fabulous podcast you'll learn tools and strategies that help you align your body mind soul and actions to your god-given purpose Thanks for joining, and here is what we have for you today. My guest on the show today is a writer, a speaker, and the host of a personal development podcast called The Meaningful Show, where he teaches people how to live like the give a damn. He has also gone through an amazing journey of transformation and self-mastery, and he's also the founder of Flash Books, which is a company that summarizes amazing books beautifully, which he'll tell us more about. So my guest today is Dean Bukhari. I hope I pronounced that right. Welcome to the Badass Fabulous Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Peju. Yeah, you, you, you pronounce the last name better than most people do the first time they say it. So usually they'll be like, Boat. Boca, Bocahari? What? Boca who? That's funny. And I just say it's like Bacardi, but without the D. Mm. It's like Bacardi vodka, but minus the D. So just Bacari. Oh, oh yeah. Bacari. Okay. Yep. Nice. Peju, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for coming on. Can you tell us some more of who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. So I am a fellow podcaster like yourself. I host a podcast called Dean Bakari's Meaningful Show. It's a personal development motivation podcast where we broadcast new episodes every week on motivation, self-improvement, uh, some big ideas from books, nonfiction books. And so that's that's one part of what I do. Another hat that I wear is I'm the CEO of a company called Flashbooks, as you mentioned, where we summarize nonfiction books you can read or listen to. If you're short on time and don't have the time to read a full book, you can get the big ideas and actionable insights from us at getflashnotes.com. And I also speak, which of course is not something that I have been able to do much as of the last four or five months due to a global quarantine, lockdown, mm -hmm. pandemic. Right. <laughs> and so that that takes up the bulk of my time. And I am all about my mission, really, my my why, my purpose if you could put it that way, is to inspire as many people around the world that I possibly can mm. to improve their lives and achieve their goals. Anything that I do, that's sort of the filter that I use to decide whether I want to do something or not do it, whether it's a new business that I'm going to work on, if it's a partnership, if it's something I'm writing about, anything, whatever I do, that's sort of my filter that I funnel any opportunities through is, can this help me help other people to improve their lives or achieve their goals. And in a nutshell, that's, that's, that's what I'm about. I love that. And since you mentioned about helping people set their goals and achieve their goals, I'll just jump right into it. It's one of the questions. What would you yeah. say is the best way people can set their goals and actually achieve them? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So I think that one of the most important things when you're setting goals is to first and foremost, before anything, aim, aim high. So whatever your goal is, I would say at, at an absolute minimum, double it, like oh, wow. double it at an absolute minimum. 
right? And if you're already an optimistic, ambitious person, then 10x it. And so I, I, I'm a huge believer in setting big, giant, massive stretch goals for yourself. And then not just leaving it there because you can't have a dream without a plan, right? And so you have a big, giant dream, something that really juices you up, that, that gets you excited, that, right. get, that gives you energy when you rise in the morning. And to then, after you set that big, giant stretch goal for yourself, then drill down, right? Drill down and ask yourself, what do I need to do? So if I have a big, giant goal that I want to achieve at the end of this year, 12 months from now, what do I need to do work backwards from there? Like, what do I need to do over the next six months to make sure that I'm on track to achieve my 12 month goal? Mm -hmm. And then what do I need to do over the next three months to achieve my six month goal, which will get me to my one year goal? And then what do I need to do this month and this week and all the way down to today? What needs to be happening right here, right now? in order for me to be on track to achieve my larger goal. And what that does is it makes your dreams, it brings them down to reality, right? Because if you work backwards from what you ultimately want, then you can actually see yourself getting there. And that's a big problem that a lot of folks run into and that I myself also ran into when I first got into personal development over 15 years ago was I, I, I'd be all pumped up about it. I'm learning all this cool stuff that I never learned in, in grade school or college. Right. I'm like, wow, okay, these are life skills that I can actually get excited about and I can, I can work on myself and I can improve myself and I can grow in different areas of my life. This is awesome stuff. But then I'd set these big goals and then I wouldn't achieve them because I was unable, I had not learned yet that I needed to work backwards from that big giant dream. And create specific plans to achieve them. And so you have a big goal and then you break that up into smaller sub goals. And then you take those sub goals and you break those up into still smaller tasks until you can create manageable plans for yourself that you can act on today that will ultimately link upwards to that big goal that you've got. Does that make sense? No, it does. I love that. And I think this is the first time I'm really hearing that. I've heard about the vision, but in terms of like really chunking it down, make it yeah. an audacious large goal and then break it down from there, like work backwards. I love that. Right. I think it also helps to see like, is it actually achievable or what's Absolutely. the reality there? Like, is it actually going to take me three years to do this? Or, yep. you know, so I love that. Yeah. yeah that's a, the cool thing about that is that it lets you, because you've also heard, I'm sure, of people saying, oh, is that, is that realistic? You know, is that, that's a big dream? You know, are you, are you sure you're not dreaming too big? Are you sure it's not too big of a goal? And that's understandable. I get that. It makes total sense. And the cool thing about this sort of working backwards from a big dream is that you then have to set up smaller more realistic, specific tasks and sub goals in order to ultimately achieve that bigger goal that you want, you know? Right. And so that's been the most effective goal setting framework that I've come across to date. And so that's the one that I like to use the most. Yeah, that's great. A lot of people fail, I think, to really work out the little steps from today to tomorrow to next week to the quarter. And I think this is just really, really good. So thanks for sharing that. So how did you 
start your journey in, you know, having a meaningful life? Like, where did it all begin? Yeah, there's, um, there's been several different, you know, sort of inflection points for me where you could say that it began, but, you know, in terms of overall, just generally speaking, living a meaningful life and personal development wise, I kind of stumbled upon it. I, I remember being in, it was my senior year in college and I had sort of just in growing up told everybody that I was planning on going to law school and I wanted to be a lawyer. And I would get these amazing responses from people like, oh, wow, you're going to be a lawyer. That's wonderful. That's great. And that egged me on. And I thought, okay, this is great. I'll just keep on saying this because it really impresses people. <laughs> and I ended up, you know, getting ready to graduate from college and going to getting ready to go to law school from there. And I'm asking myself, like, is this really what I want to do? Is this really what I want to do? And the answer was no. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and, you know, I thought, okay, yeah. I, I, I can't do this. I'm not going to commit. And, and this is nothing against, you know, the field of law. We need, we need lawyers. It's just, we need passionate lawyers, lawyers that have a, that do their work because it's meaningful to them and it lines up with their purpose. But for me, it didn't line up with my purpose. And in reality, at that stage of my life, I didn't know what my purpose was. And that set me out on this path to diving into myself and learning about myself and learning what my strengths were and what I wanted to really sink my teeth into and how I wanted to spend the rest of my life. What did I really want to spend the rest of my life doing? Because we spend you know, 60 plus percent of our waking hours at work. Yes. Scary. And it is, it is. And, and when I learned that, I thought, well, I better make sure that I do something that matters to me, that I can both enjoy, work hard at, continue to improve at, and can help other people at, and of course, make a healthy living with. So that kind of set me out on this path. And I started trying a bunch of different things. And one of the things I realized was that I really enjoyed communicating. I really enjoyed seeing light bulbs go off in people's minds, mm -hmm. talking about things that could help them in their lives in some way, and then seeing those aha moments, those really fired me up. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I can maybe I can try and do something like this. And there's no real job description for that. That's right. Mm -hmm. And you, you kind of got to figure that niche out for yourself. And... In the meantime, I was just graduating from college. I still didn't really have a set path for myself, but I knew it wasn't law school. So I tore up my acceptance letter and wow. I said, I'm going to try a bunch of things. And everybody thought I was crazy, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. And but I knew in my heart that I needed to figure this out for myself. And I ended up moving to California and I ended up taking a job just to sustain myself while I figured this stuff out. And the job was actually for the, it was, it was a marketing job with the second largest tobacco company in the world. Oh, wow. And um, I thought, okay, you know, back then I was maybe 19, 20, 21 years old. And I didn't really think about the moral implications of working for a tobacco company. And I just took the job and I said, I'm going to work while I figure this thing out for myself. And four years later, I was still with that company. Then I came back to asking myself these questions about what am I doing? And then within that four-year period of time, I had read a lot. I learned a lot. And I remember realizing a job is not just a job. If you're working for somebody or if you're working, if you're working on anything, you know, people like to separate their personal lives and their professional lives. But the reality is that you can't be one person at work and a different person at home. 
if right. that's what you're doing, then you're <laughs> lying in one of those places. So true. And it's one life, right? One life. It's yeah. one life, you know? And so I realized I can't be talking about helping and motivating people while I'm away from work. And then I go into work and I'm selling something that kills people. Mm. And I remember one day specifically, I was about to go into a meeting and I literally just broke down in my car crying. And because it the, just the gravity of it all kind of hit me like, okay, I'm part of an organization that is contributing to the death of on average 29 million people per year. Mm-hmm. That is something that I'm, I may not be directly responsible for it, but I'm perpetuating it by being part of this company, by helping promote the products right. and I can't do this anymore. And so after that breakdown, I ended up going on like a sick leave and quitting. I quit oh, the wow. job. And luckily for me, that's when things really started. I was able to then start speaking at different groups of people about doing meaningful work. I was talking about productivity and motivation Mm. and goal setting, like we just talked about briefly. And that led to different opportunities. And then I started the book summaries and that ended up blowing up as well. And then before I knew it, I I had a full-blown speaking career. I you know, had started the podcast up at that point. And my, my flash books was, was, uh, in, incredibly successful as well. And that was actually a, a funny thing as well, because that just started with me. I've always been a voracious note taker and reader, mm-hmm. and I would share my notes with friends. And one day my buddy comes and he says, Hey man, do you have notes for how to win friends and influence people? It's a book by Dale Carnegie. If you've heard right. of it. I and, love that and book. I said, Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, man, sure. And I gave it to him and he shared it with another friend and that friend shared it with another friend. And then all of a sudden I had like a bunch of people asking me for book notes and I thought, well, there might be a good business idea here. So that's how that started. But yeah, that's, that's sort of how my journey began in a nutshell. And uh, here I am today. I have things organized in my library, in my house where I have them organized by topic. I've got binders and they're all organized by topic. So if I'm writing a speech or if I'm writing an article or anything like that, I can refer back to old notes and summaries of books and, you know, all that stuff. So this is my curiosity. Do you give away the books after you've written your summary or do you still keep the books? Because I imagine you write a lot of books. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't. I I have them all in my library. Oh, nice. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll just put them back and because sometimes I also take notes inside of the book as well, Mm -hmm. like marginalia. And when I crack open a book again to reference it, when you physically touch something, it brings back memories and you connect with it differently. And so that's that's an important reason why I also keep my books because I reference them again. They and I know a lot of people there's like this trend going on these days where they'll read a book and they'll just, you know, like Marie Kondo style where they'll just give it away or whatever. And and that's cool. I have no problem with that. I don't have anything against that. It's just not for me. Right. (laughs) I like to hold on to them. I like to have a nice, big, giant, massive library that I can refer to and that I've got a five-year-old daughter and she's always trying to soak up information. And so I want her to be able to crack open the books inside of my library and, and look at them as well and learn from them. That's amazing because we don't know what the future of books will be when, That's true. when she's older. Even though I still believe there's nothing like a real physical book, 
Yeah. And um, Jim Ron once said something about leaving your library when you pass on. Yes. That's one of the greatest things that you can actually leave for your family. So, 100%. So, I wanted to talk about flashbooks um, really quickly. On your podcast, you have amazing summaries of books, productivity tips, and for the people who will be listening to this, it's just the perfect advice that you can implement into your life and it actually works. So I really love that about your podcast. And you also have some summaries, some book summaries. So is that similar to what Flashbooks is, the type of summaries you have, you know, on your podcast? It is. Yeah. Yeah. They're similar. So the podcast is a little bit more of a casual version on just my take on personal development. And I'll answer questions that I receive from listeners and readers. Uh, And I'll talk about basically on each episode, what I'm doing is I'm taking a topic and I'm addressing it, whether that's a a problem that people run into Mm -hmm. with you know, personal development wise, life wise, motivation wise, productivity, leadership, and I'll address that topic or I'll share a story about it. And then I always like to end with an actionable solution, something that you can actually, you know, like apply to your life that can can help you and you can see real benefit from it. And so Flashbooks is a little bit more and, and I don't I don't write all the summaries anymore. I'm lucky now to have have you know a team uh, of writers to help me out. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and I do I do record all the audio summaries because I just believe that that's my strength, and I'm I'm good at recording audible things. Like I, I I enjoy it, and I'm good at it. And so I make it a point to make sure that all the audio summaries and anything that's audio, I can I I do the recording for that. But all the summaries I don't write anymore. I wish I had the time on my hands to be able to spend all day, you know, writing them. But that's yeah. not the case anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the flashbooks are a little bit more in depth and specific to the book. Uh, the podcast and the blog are more general light topics. They're they're a little bit broader, in right. other words. The blog is great as well. Like I, I think when I discovered your blog, I was literally reading it for about two hours. You know, oh, wow. straight on. Thank yes, you. like amazing content. I can tell you actually put your research and your time and your sweat into the articles. You can tell that it's actually very meaningful to you. And you just put the best stuff out there as opposed to just rushing and you know, putting whatever. <laughs> so thank you, I appreciate, you. I appreciate that. that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I try to, I do my best to make them as badass and fabulous as possible. Yay, that's <laughs> what we like. <laughs> yes. Okay, so now I'd like to like dig some more into your life and, you know, your process. And now you actually became Dean of 2020 today. So you have this word on your website that I love called arete. I don't know if I pronounced it right. Or yeah, yeah. Arete. But- Arate. Okay. What does it yes. mean and how did you discover it and how did you begin to apply it to your life? Sure. Yeah. So arate is a Greek, it's, it's a word that has Greek origins mm-hmm. and it basically means the closest direct translation is excellence. And then from that, it's about optimizing yourself and living up to your highest potential on mm-hmm. a daily basis. Like how can I be as great as I possibly can physically, 
emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you know, in all the main dimensions in my life, how can I live up to my highest potential on a daily basis? And that's what arete is. And I don't believe that there's anybody that has achieved perfect arete, mm -hmm. but I do believe that it's worth trying. And I think that's the beautiful part of it all is working to be your best on a daily basis, working to become as strong as you possibly can, to help as many people as you possibly can, to grow as much as you possibly can, to strengthen yourself spiritually and emotionally as much as you possibly can. Because, you know, you mentioned Jim Rohn earlier, and there's something he said a long time ago that I never forgot. And he said, you know, if you look at a tree, a tree grows as tall as it possibly can. Right. I've got this this giant tree in my backyard. I don't know if you can see it yeah. up there, but that's a cool um, backyard, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it's my little oasis. Um yeah. and and it's and it, it's it's grown, right? There's no there's no stopping it. It grew mm -hmm. as tall as it possibly could. And he said, you know, human beings are the only creatures that stop before their real potential, mm. right? That we, we, we hold ourselves back from growing as much as we possibly can to being the best that we possibly can. And a lot of that stems from, you know, we're, it's, it's a blessing and a curse having this brain of ours that's developed over time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know Seth Godin, who we were talking about earlier, talks about that. Is the, the reptilian brain, you know, the lizard brain. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and so, but we've, we've, we've got layers on top of that that allow us to plan ahead, to, to think, to create things, to put metal objects in the air, airplanes, right? Like all these beautiful, wonderful things mm -hmm. that we mm -hmm. human beings, our species has created. But in the same respect, that same beautiful blessing that we've been given, that we've been, we have evolved to become also prevents us from achieving things in the form of fear, in the form of anxiety, in the form of stress, in the form of being overly concerned about what people that we don't even know think about right. <laughs> what we do. Or say. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. And so I, I, I never forgot that speech and it was a powerful idea to me. And I think it relates back to this concept that you just asked about, Peju, of arate. And I, I like to remind myself of it on a daily basis. Am I living up to my full potential? Am I being as, as great as I possibly can? Am I being excellent with my words? Am I being excellent with my actions? Am I being an excellent parent to my daughter, Nora? Am I being an excellent partner to my wife? Right. Am I being an excellent son to my mom, an excellent brother to my brother, right? And, and so I ask myself that. Am wow. I being excellent physically, right? And did I work out as hard as I could have today or did I give up a little too early? And, you know, sometimes the answers to those questions are no. And I need to follow that up with, hey, not get down on myself, not beat myself up about it if the answer is no, but to say, okay, I know I can do better and I will do better. How can I be better? Where can I be better? And so, you know, I, I, I like to do my best to live up to RK on a daily basis, to my highest potential, but I don't beat myself up about it if I have off days. I love that. Wow. Everything you just said, so powerful and so loaded that there are just so many ways I could dissect that. So the first thing is, 
Did you ever have a time where you beat yourself up, where maybe you thought, I'm just not doing this on my transformation journey, I'm not living up to my best potential, and you, you're you beating yourself up? Because you also went through like a season of self-doubt before you kind of came out of that. So I also wanted you to like go into that. Like, when did you realize, okay, I need to, you know, give myself more grace, I need to take it easy? Because I think a lot of people give up on this journey of life transformation or self-mastery because they just beat themselves up if they don't do something. Yeah, yeah, they, that, that, is, that is common and I can relate to that. I can remember, you know, what my, my big first sort of personal transformation was more of like a, it was a physical transformation and that I was overweight, out of shape, unhealthy. And I was beating myself up over that. Like I was, I was saying, man, I, I don't feel good. I don't look good. I don't have any energy. Mm. It, this is, this is affecting my confidence. It's, it's, it's affecting my ability to, to really engage with life at the highest level. And, and back then I didn't even, I couldn't even put together those words. I mean, like engage with life at the highest level. Like what the hell does that even what mean? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so for me, personal development, it started off with saying me just looking in the mirror one day and, and like grabbing the, the flabs of fat on my stomach and saying, like, I got to change this. Enough is enough. I'm out of control. You know, and I can't um, imagine you're overweight and, you know, is very hard to picture. Yeah, you know, it's it was tough and it just kept on getting worse, right? And so then I stood in the mirror, I faced reality. And that same day I remember getting into my car and driving to Barnes and Noble and picking up I, I said, I gotta go and get a book on health, fitness, nutrition. I don't know, I gotta find something. And so I went and picked up this book called The Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. <laughs> and <laughs> that's and, interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean that that actually started me off on my journey. And this book by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and oh, I wow. read through that, and I learned a lot about health and fitness and exercise, and nutrition, eating properly, and you know how these things can have a positive impact on your life. And that whole day, I just dedicated to putting together plans, to reading and researching, and figuring out what do I need to do to change mm. myself. And that really helped me. And then I slowly began to become better and I, I lost the weight and I started seeing the progress. And I think that's a huge part of avoiding beating yourself up is asking yourself, did I make some kind of progress today? Did I do something today? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, did I do something that helped me today to achieve, to get a little bit closer, even a, a percentage of a percentage? Right. One percent. Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge way to overcome self-doubt is to look at the progress of the past mm. and to let go of the pain of the past, problems uh -huh. of the past. And I can't point to one specific moment during which I had that realization. I just know that cumulatively from the things that I've learned, the books that I've read, is that that is a general theme. Like it seems to be a principle from books that were written ages ago to books that are continuing to be written today is that if you want to overcome self-doubt, you almost need to delete the pains and the stresses and, and not look at those and instead look at the progress that you're making, mm -hmm. however small that progress is. Right. And so for me, making a physical transformation in the gym and in the kitchen, my body was 
a powerful physical example of, of how to do that. And, you know, I, I haven't looked back since. And once I started making that physical transformation, I saw, you know, my energy go up. I felt lighter on my feet. I, you know, was having better luck with the ladies and, uh, you know, I, you know, all these things and my confidence improved Mm -hmm. my, so many things happened for me. And then I dug deeper from the the physical level and Mm -hmm. looked at how can I further expand my knowledge about how to grow emotionally and spiritually. And then I began getting into that. And then I realized, okay, personal development is my thing because I want to continue growing. I want to continue learning. And then I started teaching it. So you also talked about from the physical part, you know, where you realized that because it sounded like that's where you really grew that skill of overcoming self-doubt because you could overcome, you know, who you were before and you completely transformed your body. And then you went into emotional and then the spiritual aspect. How did that come about? Like, how did you even know there was that deeper level or layer of digging to do? Is it something from being one with your body, actually being in your body? <laughs> you know, you know that's or, actually or, a very, that's a, that's an interesting question, Teju. Yeah. If you really get into working hard physically, like exerting yourself, and it doesn't matter what it is, like whether it's a sport or whether it's, you know, like literally lifting heavy things like at the gym mm-hmm. or pushing yourself with, you know, aerobic exercise, like running and things like that. There's definitely a mental element to it. Like you really need to connect at a deep level with yourself if you're going to push yourself to new heights, right? If you're going to break through barriers. Right. And one thing that I did learn was that our limitations, what we think are our limitations, are nowhere near our real limitations. We can push past the limitations that we think we have and get to new levels. Wow. And that was so powerful to me when I realized, holy smokes, I mean, I I can actually work out harder. I can actually, even even just using your brain, right? Mm -hmm. You can work for longer hours than you think you can. Right. You can build that you can make more money than you think you can. You can achieve more things than you think you can. And there's a lot of beauty in that. And in order to do that, though, there does need to be a connection physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally with yourself. One thing that I like to do on a daily basis is a daily checkup with the four dimensions of human nature. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people know about IQ, which is mental, right? the intellectual quotient, but there's three other cues. There's three other dimensions other than the mental as physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I like to check up, do a daily checkup. I call them the pies. So PQ is for physical, IQ is for mental, EQ is for emotional, and then SQ is for spiritual. And so I like that. (laughs) Yeah. The the acronym is pies. And I write it down on my, on my notebook every day, PQ, IQ, EQ, SQ. And I like to do at least one thing in each of those areas before I begin my actual work day, you know, usually before eight, eight 30, I've done at least one thing in each of those areas to, to kind of jumpstart my day, so to speak. So I love that you consider the spiritual aspect because I think that's so important. And I Mm -hmm. love that you actually said there is that dimension of it. What do you do to actually strengthen your SQ? The the spiritual level? The spiritual level. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I do every day is... 
I go out on, so I take like a 30, 20 to 30 minute walk every morning after I exercise. And it's like a walking meditation mm. that I do. And, you know, it's, it's the time of day that I go out, it's very quiet. And, you know, I've got this trail behind my house and, and I like to just walk between the trees and I breathe in the fresh air. I listen to the birds and I just meditate as I'm walking. And, and then it's, it, it's not really a traditional meditation, so to speak, because a lot of times when you think meditation, you think of somebody sitting on a pillow, where, you know, uh, with their legs crossed on the ground, with their eyes closed, breathing or saying, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and that, which is awesome, you know, which yeah. is awesome. Uh, but the style that I do it, it's like a, it's like a nature walking meditation. And I go out, get out there and I like to think of myself as being as close as one with nature as I can. And I breathe in just as, as deeply and it's like a, a, a sort of a series of breathing exercises that I do to sort of start off my thing. And, um, and then I go into every little thing that I'm grateful for, um, to, from, from having legs and feet to walk with, to having eyes to see with, mm. um, you know, a, a tongue to taste food with having actual food in my refrigerator. And, and electricity and running water, you know, just right. things that we, we, we tend to take for granted. I, I remind myself of how lucky I am to have those things. And then I create sort of this mental circle in my mind. And I envision the people that are most important to me in my life. And I attach one thing about them that I'm grateful for. Oh, wow. So, you know, like, yeah. for example, I'm grateful for my mother's health. I'm grateful for my my daughter Nora's um, curiosity because she's at this stage right now where she's asking tons and tons of questions. And um, <laughs> adorable, you know, <laughs> you know it's, yeah. it's it's to the point where I know like other friends that are parents of mine have been like, "Man, dude, she's I'd be I'd be really annoyed if this, my daughter was asking me that many questions." And I'm like, "Why? I love it. I love it. It's it's a beautiful thing. I want to cultivate that." So, you know, that's one example. And, you know, so all the people in my life that I'm really thankful for, I think of one thing about them, either a quality or characteristic, or maybe something small that they did that I genuinely appreciate. And from there, I envision three things that are, that must happen either on this day, on this week, this month, or this year. I, I pick a timeline and then I think about three major things, three major outcomes that, that need to happen. And so um, I, I run that through my mind. I envision them as if they have already been done. And then, uh, then I just spend the rest of my walk just walking. Just, 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 it's just a chill walk where I just breathe in. I take in the oxygen. And then I, and then I wrap it up and that's sort of my, my morning spiritual, how I fill up the spiritual cup. Wow. That's so serene. It's so, it just sounds so full. I love that you said you fill up the 
spiritual calm. <laughs> That's really what it is. I feel yeah. when you nurture that soul level of yourself it's almost like that's where the real energy actually comes from oh, yeah. not just you know, the workout right yep yeah yeah that's that's huge it's huge yeah so would you say that's something that energizes you every day to like get your day started to kind of put you back on the path and oh yes yeah i can't i can't even start my day without it mm. um I, I mean i could but i i won't feel i won't feel right something will be missing. You know, okay. it's like, it, it's like any routine that you have. I'm sure you've got routines that, that you have in your life, like certain yeah. things that you do and you do them in a specific way, just the way that you do it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so yeah, yeah, I, it would, it wouldn't be good. I've had days where like if I'm traveling or something like that and where I'm unable to do it, which it's very rare, but it has happened. And I feel it, you know, I feel it. So yeah, it definitely energizes me on a deep level when I do this in the morning. What do you actually consider a meaningful life? Yeah, that's a, that's a great and very heavy question. So meaningful, living a meaningful life is different for everybody, first of all. But it involves, there are certain components that I found that it involves. And everybody's journey is different. Everyone's experience is different. But certain components are involved in most of the people who consider themselves to be living a life of meaning. One of them is a sense of purpose, right? Having a why, having a purpose, having a mission and a vision for yourself. Mm. Uh, another one is a sense of community and belonging right like to have being just being part of part of something and another huge one is contribution like seeing how you're helping people and then fourthly is the work that we do knowing that the work that we do is something that is both engaging and again ties back to that sense of contribution does it how does it help people and those four things i have found are some of the, the major components of leading a life of meaning okay those are very important um components especially community which a lot of people are you know seeking during these days of yeah. the pandemic and all the political unrest that's going on. And I, so I love that you say that because that support system is quite important. And I, I imagine that you probably had a support system when you started your transformation journey, or was it like a lone journey for you, <laughs> like a lone ranger type of journey? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, um, there were definitely times when, when I, when I felt alone, there were definitely times when it was, it was a, a lone journey, but I did, I did have friends and family that were encouraging me, but then the majority of people just thought I was crazy, you know, <laughs> and, and I get it. I, I totally get that. Um, I don't blame them for thinking that, nor do I hold it against them. Many of those people who called me crazy back then are, are, are still my friends today and I don't hold it, hold it against them, but they're not calling me crazy anymore. Right. <laughs> now like, I think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. 
how would you say one can go about creating, you know, a meaningful life for themselves? Like if they're, you know, now that people are stuck at home for the listeners, they're, they might be unhappy, you know, in the jobs that they have currently, some might not be working. Like, what would you say is a way one can actually start going on that path of having a truthful, meaningful life? Yeah, I would say that one thing that anyone should do is, and the best way to do this is to just grab a journal or a notebook, pen, and write at the top of the paper, what's, what's my purpose, is to ask yourself that question. Mm. Because when you, know your, when you know your purpose, when you know what you really are about, when you know how you really want to live your life, then you'll find your community, you'll find your friends people with similar values, people that can maybe help you along the way. And then when you know your purpose, you can also sort of transition that to your work as well. If you realize that your purpose is about helping people, like if it's about teaching, if you realize that your purpose is about, you know, teaching people through the written work, right? So that would be writing. Um, you ask yourself, or what, 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 what's, what's my purpose? How, how am I going to help somebody with that? How do I, how do I find work or do something that can allow me to live that aligns with my purpose? And so then you start looking for, for, for writing jobs. So maybe you write a book or you start, you know, contributing to magazine or, or something. And then you start finding, becoming friends with other writers or you, you end up connecting with maybe some long lost Facebook friends that ended up getting into writing as well. And, you know, it's, uh, I think that's, that's crucial is figuring out what's, what's my purpose. What do I want my life to be about? And then, because once you know that you can organize all the other areas of your life such that they're as, as meaningful as possible and align with your purpose. Right. I think everything starts with that is knowing your why, knowing, knowing your purpose. And that is a hard answer to come up with because it's not something you find. It's right. something you work on. And I would, what, I, what I would do is write that question up at the top of, your, top of your journal on an empty blank page and then just start answering it over and over and over and over and over again, just writing it out, writing it out until you feel something that is like an emotional something in your heart where you, you literally feel it, you know, you know, you've heard the saying, you know, you'll know it when you, when you see it or, you know, mm -hmm. when you feel it, mm -hmm. it's, it's like that. And, mm -hmm. and oftentimes that purpose is a culmination of what you want to do and what you're good at doing. And, you know, for me, that was, you know, inspiring people with words to improve their lives and achieve their goals. And it, it will be that I believe for the rest of my life. If it changes, I'll let you know. Please do. I'd, I'd love to get <laughs> updates. I love journaling. I do my morning pages like every morning. And oh, yeah. I also write at night. And I'm awesome. a big believer of that in also just getting clarity. In terms of your purpose, right? When you quit your job, you probably had no idea how life was going to unfold for you. 
right? But during this journey, you've been able to figure out, okay, this is my purpose. So is it that there is just one vision that one kind of cultivates or creates for their life and they keep chasing that vision? Or do you kind of just take it one step at a time and just keep creating, you know, some sort of like vision or purpose for your life? So the thing is, is that it's sort of like, it's kind of ever evolving. You, you learn about yourself through experiencing, through having different experiences by working on yourself and experiencing different things. And that leads you to your purpose. And ultimately we need to decide what that, what that purpose is going to be, and then figure out ways in which we can organize our lives to live within our purpose, right? To make sure that we're actually acting that purpose out on a daily basis. And you can be achieving your purpose in a, mil- in a million different ways. For instance, for me, it's very simple as inspiring people, empowering people, educating people on how to improve their lives, achieve their goals. I can use that purpose in a million different ways. I can do it with my podcast. I can do it with an article that I'm writing. I can do it with flashbooks. I can do it with a training workshop or a speech or anything. I just ask myself, am I, is this is what I'm about to do aligning with that purpose? And purpose is really, it's about values, right? right? It's about, you know, what do, what do we really care about? What I value is, this is random, um, is, is ex- exhilaration. Like I like to do fun, crazy things. Mm. So but my, my wife doesn't really value that as much. So for instance, we went bungee jumping. She didn't go, but I went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so that, that ties and every value re- is, is connected in some way to the other values that you have. So for instance, for my wife, security is a high value. Physical security is, is high up on the values hierarchy. So mm-hmm. she didn't go bungee jumping. But for me, clearly security was not as high up on that list. <laughs> Right. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I probably I probably never would have quit my job in the first place, and uh, <laughs> nor would I have gone bungee jumping. And so, you know, that's just kind of a silly example, but mm-hmm. you know, no, but it's a risk. It's taking those risks, and and I imagine the the feeling and the rush you get after after you did that, right? Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so much fun. By the way, yeah, you you got to do it. It's, it's... So cool. No, I've done the fake ones at um, Six Flags many years ago. <laughs> Oh, really? Uh, the fake ones. Yeah, those are fun too. It, it was so much fun. So um, yeah. was this one of the ones like the bridge type of bungee jumping or? Yeah, yeah. Oh so there's this went place, all out. Um, yeah, all out. <laughs> there's this place in, um, in Orange, Orange County uh, called the Bridge to Nowhere. And you mm-hmm. hike up for five miles. And oh, then wow. you go to this unfinished bridge that's over a river. Okay. So you know, like you're surrounded by mountains and it's over a river. So you look down, you just see water splashing down and rocks. Oh, wow. And then you go to the edge of the bridge and, and you jump off. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so amazing. I'll definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah, crazy and cool. Fun. So self-truth, which is what Badass Fabulous is about, is something I believe you've been through, is, you know, going through all sorts of different experiences and challenges in life. And every challenge and every experience you go through gives you an opportunity to uncover more of who you are 
And it's up to you to like take that and say, okay, this is me. Because even if people say, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire, you don't know who you'll be once you become a millionaire, once you achieve this goal, it's had to a value. So, and the more you uncover yourself, the more you're able to walk here on earth as who you're really meant to be. And I think that's what's really lacking or what we're missing in the world today is a lot of people do not really go after that truth of themselves. So like, what are your thoughts on that? And is that something that you find to be true? Yeah, you know, and it's it's so hard to do that in this confined sort of year that we live in, where mm-hmm. you, it's really difficult to actually physically get out there and, and have new experiences, right? Um, yeah. Which is that's really what life is, right? It's a collection of experiences, and it's difficult to have that experience. But what I would suggest. To, to tap into that self-truth during this time of, of, of quarantine and confinement is to learn as much as you possibly can and to use these tools that we have at our disposal in the form of the internet and technology to figure out, you know, maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's something that I can do online that can, that can allow me to, to, you know, uncover new opportunities. But more so, like self-truth wise, I would learn a lot. I would read a lot. I would research a lot. Mm-hmm. I would I would just spend time and I would spend time not doing that also. Meaning just sit there with a notebook and write down and just journal and and think and ask yourself questions and answer those questions. Those are the ways I think, especially in this era this little t- period of time that we live in where things are so different than they have ever been, at least since we've been alive. And I think that spending time asking yourself those questions is crucial, is, 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 is very important. And that doesn't mean don't binge a little Netflix every now and then. I think entertainment is important. You should right. do that. You should enjoy <laughs> yourself. But we don't want to spend all of our time doing that. I use the 80-20 rule with that. I spend I use 20% or less of entertainment and 80% focused on growth-oriented activities. I like that. And so, yeah. It sounds like fun is a very important thing because what I find is a lot of people forget about fun. You know, a lot yeah. of people who are on this journey of self-mastery, I know that happened to me before, where you're just so focused on work and yourself and your growth and you're taking everything so seriously. What do you say about fun and passion and, you know, bringing that into the mix of becoming the best possible you got to have fun. <laughs> you got to have fun. I mean, if you're not having fun, then you're missing a huge part of life right there. Yeah. You know, this right here to me, like, this is fun. Like, to mm. me, this is this is actually what we're doing right now is, is, is fun. And Great. So, I'm glad you're having I'm fun. Glad, <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun, too. So everyone's got their own definition of fun. But you, you, got, it. you got it. It's part of self-truth, you know? Because if you don't know what you enjoy doing, then you'll never know what you're ultimately passionate about. Passion is like the result. It's an emotional feeling that you get from doing something that you enjoy. Mm. And... Um, you know, that's, that's one part of it is having fun as part of it. And I would say that if you want that to be connected to self-truth or growth, 
then see if you see if we can find something that is fun to do that is also helping you because there's surface level shitty fun which is which is just to to binge watch you know something all day long <laughs> um and then there's like the fun of Dangerous. you know there's there's uh, then there's like you know f- some people find it fun to go hiking and it's fun to spend time with your friends it's mm-hmm. fun to you know do interviews like this it's fun to go out and and do something crazy like bungee jump or you know right. whatever <laughs> um you know so yeah i think it's it's great to concentrate on uh, on those deeper deeper types yeah. of fun but there's nothing wrong with having a little garbage fun too every now and then right <laughs> yeah fun is definitely important for those who will be yep. listening yes So the last few really quick questions. So Dean, do you have bad days? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Who doesn't? Right. Okay. If somebody tells you they've never had a bad day, they are tripping to the max. <laughs> like they are not, they are lying. Everybody has bad days. We all have bad <laughs> days, you know? Um, but yeah, of course it happens sometimes, but I just do my best to remind myself. I think having, reminding yourself of what you're grateful for, mm. major way to turn a bad day around. Um, and then just physically getting up and like shaking it off, right. you know, is, is I love a great, that. Is yeah. a great way to shake off the, 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 the pain or the problems or the stresses that are causing you to have a bad day. I like so, that. I, I, I say, um, do 10 burpees and see if the problem's still there. <laughs> that's right. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you recommend one book? for people who are just starting on this whole self-mastery, you know, self-truth journey that you would say had a tremendous impact on your life? Yeah. Um, so you said mastery, self-mastery. If mm-hmm. that's something that somebody's looking to learn more about, then there is actually a great book called Mastery written oh. by Robert Greene. Yes, um, yes. That's a great and book. And it's powerful. Yeah, the guy mm-hmm. goes deep in that book but it's, it's, it's worth reading. It's very, very powerful. And so that's a great book. There's another great book called Unlimited Power, which was transformative for me, written by Tony Robbins. And, but if there was, if I had to choose one book, if I had to choose one book, it would be The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen. Oh, Robbins. yes. That, yeah. That's a game changer. Simple, yep. but makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yes. So what's next for Dean? Well, what's next is continuing out, continuing on this path that I'm on right now is continuing forward with this. And then as soon as this pandemic thing is over, getting back out there and, and doing, uh, engaging with people and doing speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it. Nice. Rocking and rolling as okay. best as I can. <laughs> that's great. So is there a question that I didn't ask, um, but if you gave the answer would deeply impact everyone who will be listening? Oh man, that's, that's a great, that's a a great question about a question. Whoa. Um, (laughs) um, So is there a question that you could have asked that would have been very powerful if I answered it? I think a great question really to ask ourselves is, am I showing up as best as I can today on this day? Am I bringing my best self to the table with every activity that we're doing uh, at work? Am I being my best at home? If, if I'm with my spouse, you know, am I giving her my full presence and attention or am I checking my phone every five minutes? Mm. 
you know, am I, uh, am I rushing through this, this presentation or this article or this, whatever I'm doing, am I rushing through it or am I putting in the time to make sure that it's as of highest quality without overanalyzing and without being in paralysis? Cause we still got to ship, right. Um, and execute, but right. you know, it's, it's, am I just bringing the highest version of myself? to each of my activities mm. on a moment to moment basis. And wow. it's a great question really to ask ourselves um, on, a, on a daily basis. That's really powerful, you know, um, because we live in a very distracted world. So I think a lot of people just bring 20% of themselves sometimes. It's an assumption, but <laughs> people are just not present. So I think that yeah. that's, that's really, that's great. And the final question, is there anything I can do to make your day better? Hey, you just did. Yay. This interview, it made my awesome. day better and I appreciate it. I had a wonderful conversation with you today. Likewise, this was so, so it was just amazing, inspiring. And I just um, love that you brought your whole self, you know, to this interview and you just shared so many amazing things. And I just appreciate it. And I value your time and I honor you for that. So thank you so much, Dean. Thank you, Peju, for having me. I appreciate it. Wow, that was such an amazing conversation, and I hope that you're all revved up as much as I am. I love how Dean went from quitting a depressing corporate job to creating a career in what he was passionate about. Also how he started his self-transformation journey by transforming his body and nutrition first, and then entrusting how all other areas of his life also gradually transformed. So my biggest takeaways from this awesome interview are for goal planning, set that huge goal, stop being afraid, and then 10 exit. I love that because I believe that your dreams need to scare the living cells out of you. So once you set this goal, figure out what you need to do within the next six months and three months to achieve this big goal. Then what do you need to do each month, each week, and most importantly, each day to achieve this goal by the end of 2021. So I think this is very helpful as you're planning what you will want to accomplish in 2021. It feels so weird saying 2021, though I'm I'm quite excited <laughs> that 2020 is almost over. <sighs> I also love how Dean has the four well-being buckets that he checks daily, which are his physical mental, spiritual, and emotional quotients, which he calls the PQ, IQ, EQ, and SQ. I love that. And I do agree, the spiritual quotient is the most important. And I love, 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 love how he fills his spiritual cup in a very specific way with his early morning walking meditation and visualizations, which I'm also big on. Another good thing is that it's good to have a sense of purpose and mission and vision for yourself so that 
most activities you do can be organized and aligned to that purpose. I also love how we discussed how you can discover yourself truth and the importance of fun in your journey. So you really need to define what's fun for you if you haven't. Like what's something that you consider fun that's also helping you grow? So the questions for you to answer and ponder on this week are, what do you want your life to be about? What do you value and what do you really care about? Are most of your current actions or activities aligned to your purpose? Are you bringing the highest version of yourself to each of your activities on a moment to moment basis. So I love Dean's mission to inspire as many people as much as possible to improve their lives and achieve their goals. So important. So if you want to find out more about Dean, you can visit his amazing blog, The Meaningful HQ, and also listen to his podcast called Dean Bukhari's Meaningful Show, which I'm a listener of. You'll find loads of tips on how you can evolve and get motivated and improve your life. So you need to check it out. All the links will be in the show notes waiting for you. Again, this episode is brought to you by Verb Energy, powered by green tea and clean ingredients. Go to the link in the show notes to check them out. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Let me know how you enjoyed this episode and what you got out of it. I would love to hear from you. You can DM me on Instagram at badassfabulous or send an email to badassfabulouspodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And until the next episode, be badass fabulous for the greater good. Bye.